Welcome back to the podcast, Following Jesus Together, where we talk about the teachings and practices of Jesus and what it means for us in the modern day. I'm Jake. I'm Lizzie. As we are recording this, we are on week seven of our stay-at-home orders. And yeah, how you doing? Pretty good. I am thankful to have a job and thankful to live in a neighborhood with lots of friends near me that I can see. I am very ready for this to be over too, though. Like there's been a lot of sweet things about this season, but a lot of weirdness as well. And we were just talking before we recorded about not knowing how long this is going to last. And I think that is the thing that weighs most heavily on me is like the uncertainty of the future. And because I work with college students, the uncertainty of college in the fall. So how have you guys been? Yeah. What I've been telling folks is we are doing the best we can all things considered, now almost two months in with three kids and having nothing to be able to go to. So, you know, we have our daily rule of life. We're each in our Bibles separately and we're talking about Jesus and we're praying together and we're connecting with friends and we're getting outside and exercising. And also, man, we're just kind of counting down the days like, hey, maybe two weeks from now, Things will get back to normal. We can go Mm. to our favorite restaurant. Yes. Someone sent me an article. I think it was out of the New York Times. It was an op-ed recently talking about social distancing and the ramifications it has on people. And I was just reminded that back to Genesis, that it is not good Mm. for man to be alone. And we could be doing all the best practices around, but... There's this part of us being made image bearers that we still need community. We still need people in our lives that we need to see and interact with. And again, just leaning into the spiritual practices and also grieving the fact that there are some spiritual practices that we just can't do right now. Right. And we're feeling the effects of it. And some spiritual practices that like gathering in community that we are having to settle for a subpar version of right now thankful for zoom thankful for technology like you and i are recording over zoom right now but i am also very aware that this does not meet all of my relational you know needs and doesn't feel like true community unless i'm with people in person and able to hug people and laugh with people and all that so that op-ed was talking about how facebook execs around the globe they don't prefer to zoom call and will spend lots of money to have face-to-face conversations with people uh, in different countries. And they made the comment in the op-ed that, see, even Facebook, who (laughs) is the big brother of digital communication, recognizes that we need human face-to-face interaction. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, a bit more fun question for you with quarantine. Uh Uh-huh. What is the first restaurant that you guys will go to? Obviously, the wig. Oh, okay. I is mean, that the correct answer? <laughs> that is the correct answer. I wonder if, like, there just won't be seats for the first two weeks. Maybe longer. Because everyone will want to go there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the wig is particularly sad because we can't do carry out from there. Like, yeah. my very favorite place in Colombia is Cantina, but I can get Cantina takeout all the time easily. But the wig, I mean, I just miss that burger. I don't want to eat the burger burger in my clean, bright house, you know? What's the point? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. So this week, as far as spiritual practices, we are talking about the practice of slowing. 
And when I first heard about this spiritual practice, I just thought, okay, now we're just making up stuff. <laughs> just, uh, you don't see it that does, phrase yeah. in the Bible. You don't see Jesus practicing slowing. And I thought, okay, very cool, creative guys. But the more oh I think gosh. about it, I think about last week and how the practice of Sabbath, we are literally stopping. We made the comment that when you are in this rhythm of Sabbath every week, it starts to pour over into the rest of your week mm -hmm. to where you're practicing this posture of rest and how when you do it well and intentionally with Jesus at the center of it, it starts to leak into your Monday and your Tuesday. And I think that's where slowing comes in, where you're not at a full stop like you are on a Sabbath, but you are really taking your time and focusing and bringing to mind the presence of Jesus throughout your day. How would you talk about that? Yeah, I agree that it does just sound like you just picked a word. Like, I guess that's an adverb. <laughs> that's my English major nerd coming out. But anyway, what, how can that be a discipline? Also, I feel like it can be hard for us to categorize it as a spiritual practice because we are so like list oriented and being productive oriented that like slowing is really, it's not a discipline that you necessarily like sit down and do in a set amount of time though, like in the spiritual disciplines handbook that you've mentioned in past episodes by Adele Calhoun, she does have some very practical recommendations for how to practice the discipline of slowing, but it's more like this is a posture you're going to take into all these other things that you do. And it's interesting to think about slowing in scripture. I have two thoughts on that. One Slowing to me feels like a discipline that's maybe more contextual because it's needed in our time. I think the pace of life mm. in the ancient Near East just was slower. Like I'm sure they could get busy and, and could feel overwhelmed and like life was moving fast, but the speed at which we live life now, I mean, this makes me sound so old, but even like cars, like even like that is unprecedented Ugh, cars. cars, you know, that we can go from one place to another that fast and that easily, our whole pace of life is just fast. And so there's just, I think a need for it that we're not going to see in the Bible. But also I think we do see a slowness to the life of Jesus. We don't see a lot of hurry in his life and rushing from one thing to another. And you pointed out in past weeks that Jesus was kind of fine with being interrupted, which I think comes from a slow posture. And, you know, I think it's really interesting to read the book of Mark because, you know, people point out a lot that Mark is a very fast moving book. And there's tons of uses of these phrases that are like speed, speed, speed. Mark wants to tell you the story really fast. And I always feel like Mark feels like a juxtaposition to me from how fast Mark wants to tell you the story versus how slow Jesus is. Like, Jesus still moves so slowly and does slow, unexpected things that seem like a real waste of time, honestly, even in Mark's fast, fast narrative. Yeah, when we were talking about silence, we were talking about when Jesus is interrupted, how he's so calm and cool and collected. And I remember a pastor, I forget where this was from, but they made the comment that how you react when you are interrupted reveals your true self. Oh, and that stuck with me because that was a spiritual gut punch uh -huh. and I didn't like that. I thought, oh goodness, that's so true of me. I usually, when my kids do something, they break something, they interrupt me and I just uh, get so easily angered. That reveals something within me those interruptions draw that out. And so slowness is this idea of 
taking your time, welcoming the interruptions. This is part of the beauty that the church fathers and mothers who practice the contemplative side of spirituality, where they went to monasteries and they practiced this, constantly being in tune with the presence of God. I think about Brother Lawrence in his book, Practicing the Presence of God, Mm -hmm. where he Mm -hmm. talks about decades of washing dishes and how his one aim was just to focus his mind on the love of God Mm. each and every moment. And whenever he would get distracted, he wouldn't beat himself up over it, but he would just go back to thinking about how much God loves him. Mm. And hundreds of years later, we're still talking about this guy who washed dishes because he had such a methodical, slow pace of life, but he was so tuned into the presence of God. So there, there's something there that Jesus and church history is pointing us to, this idea of being still and acknowledging that the Spirit is here and to open our eyes to be made aware of that. Yeah. I would describe slowness almost as deliberately limiting yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know you can go here in as fast as you possibly can, but deliberately limiting yourself similar to the Sabbath, but throughout the day to where instead of multitasking, I'm just going to pick one thing and just focus on that. And the other distractions can just go away and I'm going to take my time with it. Real practical thing that has been helping me is whenever I'm driving to work or to the grocery store, to deliberately pick the slow lane. Mm-hmm. And that takes everything in me not to just want to like drive around the person and get there as fast as I can, but just recognize it. Why? What's the point of yeah. if I get there a minute late? A few weeks ago, I stopped at a red light and there was no one, hardly anyone there at the intersection of the red light, the street that was perpendicular. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Not parallel. 90 degrees? Yeah, yeah, that's perpendicular. Yeah, the street that was perpendicular <laughs> to me was just one car and it was a green light for them. And it was an older woman and she just wasn't moving. <laughs> and I was feeling nervousness in my body to just say go. Just but there's it. literally no one else behind her. And then about 20 seconds while the green light is up, she just decides to move really slowly and cross the street. And I just started cracking up like that is slowness right there where she has taken her sweet time. And that was really fun for me to see. That's amazing. I mean, (laughs) I think driving is a good example. It's like one of the places we experience it the most. And especially the fact that I'm from the North, the slow driving drives me crazy. And I feel in myself when the light turns green and the person does not immediately slam on the gas. I just feel so angry inside and feel like, why are you not going? And like, it just sounds kind of funny to like think about, but I think there really is something deeper that as a modern American formed by a secular society, I feel driven by productivity, by efficiency, by getting everything done, getting as much stuff done. And I realize that like, it's pretty normal to begin to treat ourselves almost like machines, like getting as much done in as short a time as possible is just like a medal of honor in our society. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I'm a person and I need a slower pace than that. I'm made to enjoy God's presence, enjoy God's people. Like I think of how other cultures do this really well. I think of especially like Latino cultures do slowness so well, but they just like, 
linger and enjoy one another. And it's because of this, I think, communal value. So it's so high, this value of family that you're just enjoying being with other people and not trying to rush off to the next thing. For me, I, with the rule of life that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I have the categories of, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, and then I have an annual category and I pick a discipline each year. And this year has been the discipline of slowing because like I mentioned in a past episode, I was on sabbatical in the fall. And so I was doing things like driving like that, picking the longest line at the grocery store, which really kind of killed my soul at times to pick the longest line yeah. in the grocery store, but it was so good. And by kill my soul, I mean, it was good for my soul, but it was very hard. Another really practical version of it for me was to go on walks in my neighborhood and not pick an amount of time and not pick a distance and not pick a route to just like walk out my door huh. and start walking. And at each intersection decide which way I was going to go. I mean, now I live in a grid area over here. And so it was pretty easy to get home, but <laughs> so don't get lost, but actually, honestly, even getting lost might not be that bad. We live in a time where you can find your way home. Those have been some practical things for me. And then the even harder discipline for me is saying no to a busy life. I think that's so much the discipline mm -hmm. of slowing is to say, like you said, it's like leaving that space for margin and saying no to things. Cause like when I got back from sabbatical in January, I was like, okay, am I just going to go from sabbatical from zero miles per hour life to a hundred miles an hour? Like everyone else is living. And two really practical things I put into my life. One it was to put a minimum 15 minute break, sometimes 30 minute break between each meeting in my day. And some people were like, oh, that's an interesting idea. And other people were like, wait, you do back-to-back -back meetings? I'm like, yeah, I do like six or seven back-to-back -back meetings in a day because that's what you got to do. You got to do as much as possible. So putting margin in has been amazing. And then the other thing is, especially as a single woman who's an extrovert and very social, like I was doing two, sometimes three different social activities a night because yeah, I could. I've heard about this. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. remember that before, uh -huh. before children where you could do multiple social activities? Yeah. Wow. Good old days. Just kidding. <laughs> but one of my changes this year has been doing one thing. I mean, again, some people might be listening to this and be like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you so busy? But for me, that was really radical to go like, no, I'm going to choose a slower pace of life. I'm going to choose to do less. I'm going to choose to be invested in less things and see less people and do less activities and get less done for the sake of my soul being at a healthy speed. So, yeah. And we talked about this with silence and solitude. Yep. We talked about it with Sabbath. This is again, one of those practices. We are not defined by what we do. We are defined by Jesus's righteousness for us. And slowing is just another way to remind ourselves to take theology that we know and live that out through our bodies to recognize we live by grace, we are saved by grace, not by our productivity. Mm. Adele Calhoun in the Spiritual Disciplines Handbook says, slowing is one way to overcome inner hurriedness and addiction to busyness. Through slowing, the sacrament of the present moment is tasted to the full. Mm. And I just love that idea of savoring the present moment, being fully aware, fully in tune, not having to think about what do I have coming up in the next 30 minutes or five minutes or five days from now, but just to be fully aware and in the moment. A couple weeks ago, Lucy and I watched the Mr. Rogers movie, oh. not the documentary, but the movie, A Beautiful With Day in the Neighborhood. Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that discipline of slowing and how Mr. Rogers was this 
awesome example of just being in tune and aware and in the moment. And the whole time I was watching that movie, I was thinking about this practice and how Mr. Rogers loved Jesus. Mm -hmm. So much of the movie is people just being really thrown off by Mr. Rogers. And (laughs) I think I mentioned this in episode one or two, but how I'm just naturally cynical towards people later in life who really love Jesus. Like I am that journalist guy Mm. who was angry and cynical in that movie, just constantly thinking like, what's the catch? What's your deep, dark secret? You're trying to hide from people. But Mr. Rogers was a guy who they even said in the movie, spent time in the scriptures each day and was just so aware and in the moment and a beautiful picture of slowness. Yeah. And I think that's what made him so loved and cherished by kids is especially for parents. With parents, you're just trying to get them to the next activity or just trying to get them to nap time, trying to check these things off the box. With many of us right now having to do homeschooling, Mm -hmm. we're just trying to see how fast can we knock out the homework assignments that they need to do, move on to the next thing. And yet one thing that really struck me that was really convicting with Mr. Rogers was he was just so aware. And that happened because he abided with Jesus regularly to have that sort of posture. Yeah. An important thing as we begin to practice this discipline is realizing how countercultural it's going to be. Like you said, like Mr. Rogers, for example, but other people who are maybe more slow and maybe more settled, it can be a bit unnerving. And it honestly might bother us. It might annoy us then when people, if people speak slowly, if people move slowly, these things might annoy us. But I actually think that's where we have this opportunity to encounter God more clearly and, and be in tune with the Holy Spirit um, what he wants us to do in a given moment. Like if, if I find that when I'm busy and rushing and my to-do list is full and my plans for the day are full, I don't have as much time to hear from the Lord about what he wants me to say to someone or what he wants me to do in a given moment. My uh, spiritual director talks about the idea that like you can actually only encounter God in the present moment. Like you can't encounter him in the past or the future. Now he exists in the past and he exists in the future and he might show you things about your past or reveal things about your past or, you know, encourage you about the future or something. But you can actually only hear from him in the here and now, in the present moment. And I think slowing, the discipline of slowing is what opens us up to hear from him in those moments and to actually encounter him. But it's going to feel extremely countercultural. It's going to feel really hard. And like people in your life might not like it. And people in our society and in the world around you might think that it's a waste of time because it is. And they might think, you're not doing as much as you could. And that, I mean, that's been a beautiful lesson for me is to realize just because I can do something doesn't mean it's always wise to do it or healthy. Like just because I can do three social activities in a night or just because I can do everything everyone in my life asks me to do doesn't mean that it's actually healthy for me and best for me. So so important to mm-hmm. learn to say mm-hmm. no. And like the phrase that we may have quoted again before, Pete Scazzaro says embracing your limits, like embracing our limits that we, even if we can do everything, it's not actually, we're not limitless people. It's not good for us to do that. Yeah. What you said that people will be really thrown off by you if you start practicing slowness, you will experience this if you start going slow in traffic. I've noticed that if I go the speed limit, if I go two miles 
under the speed limit, people are getting really angry behind oh, yeah. me. And I can see that in my rear view mirror. Yeah, that's good because it, re it really does challenge us probably more so than some of the other disciplines, actually. This discipline will, will really challenge us around the idea of approval mm -hmm. or the people in our lives and even strangers in the car behind us happy with the way we're doing life. Are they happy with how efficient we are? And it's like, not always, actually. People are going to maybe feel like, maybe feel frustrated with you at times. One other thing that I've been thinking about recently, I would love to get your thoughts on this, is like the discipline of slowing around our phones. One thing for me is getting comfortable with being known as someone who doesn't always text back right away, even being like a slower responder. Now I'm not saying like never respond because that is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine when someone never responds. Yeah, we know who you are, <laughs> slow texters. But we can end up feeling enslaved to our phones. And I think that's a version yeah. of living a busy and, you know, full life is to feel like I have to respond right away. I cannot be away from my phone. And actually just like, they'll still be there. You can respond later. Everyone will survive. You know, everyone will live if it takes you an hour to respond to a text. Yeah, that's good. One other thought that I had just now, we talked in past weeks about background noise. I love podcasts. I listen to tons of podcasts and I found myself getting really into listening to them on one and a half speed or sometimes even two speed. And I realized I was even turning podcasts into a productivity area. I was even turning podcasts into something I could get through and get done and accomplish a lot. I'm not encouraging you to listen to them slower than regular speed because that just sounds weird and creepy. But if you are someone that really wants to listen to podcasts faster than you should or mute and not that you would listen to music, but I guess just like, yeah, podcasts and sermons, I would encourage you to question what that is. And like, is that me kind of worshiping at the altar of productivity and trying to get as much done as possible? Yeah, absolutely. One practical way is just turning off all notifications yes. on your smartphone yes. because those notifications are designed for you to be focused on your phone and it's like, why bother? I will find these things out in my due time. Mm -hmm. I've I've even recently, this is only within the last week, I deleted my mail app on my phone because part of me just recognizes that workaholism and wanting to idolize my productivity was just so unhelpful. And I found myself every 10 minutes during the day opening my mail app refresh. That's just what's the point? And I've noticed whenever I've gotten really frustrated and antsy or I'm at home and the kids are interrupting me, almost every time it is because I have my mail app open and I'm trying to respond to something someone just replied to mm. three minutes ago. Mm. And I have to think, well, I got to do it right now. But what's the point? I can answer this email later on tonight or beginning the next day. Everything is going to be just fine. And that's been a really practical thing for me, turning off notifications, turning off my mail app, just using my browser, my web browser to check my email. Yeah. Just that extra step deliberately limiting myself is a really helpful way to slow down and even take in as I am typing in gmail.com. Do I really need to check it right now? <laughs> really? One thing that's also been really helpful as you were talking about being present, being in the moment, is even just noticing your body posture mm. whenever you're just going about your day. It's so good. Just asking yourself, how is my breathing? 
what is the posture of my shoulders right now? If I'm short of breath or, and I find this a lot with me, if I feel myself really tense in my shoulders, why is that? What is my body telling me? What do I need to step back and slow down from? Yeah. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking about work. Yeah. I've noticed that I've become more mellowed out, but when conflict arises or interruptions happen, because of slowness, I've noticed now instead of contorting my face or getting really angry that my jaw gets clenched. Hmm. And that's only something I've noticed recently is like, why is my jaw clenched right now? Oh, it's because I'm angry. Okay. Step back, slow down. I've even noticed with eye contact, just slowing down. Why don't I want to make eye contact with anyone right now? Or why do my eyes keep going to my phone in the mm. middle of this conversation? Yeah. That's been really helpful to notice. Oh, wait a sec. I'm thinking about these things. I'm not being present and in the moment. And I just need to let that go, center myself back on who Jesus is. Yeah, that's so good. We just listed a ton of different ideas. I would try one thing. Mm. I really love that you mentioned how Brother Lawrence, when he was learning to practice the presence of Christ, he didn't punish himself for getting distracted. He didn't punish himself for not being able to focus on God's presence. And I think when we hear about a discipline like this, we can go, oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. I I am all about efficiency and productivity. How I got to force myself to be slower. And it's like, no, just try slowing in one area, mm. you know? like we said with driving or the grocery store or your phone or going on walks, whatever, and see what that one area does to you. Try it for a couple months and see what that one area does to you rather than trying to like to go from a hundred mile an hour life to a 10 mile an hour life would feel like whiplash. Yeah. Let's slow down slowly. (laughs) Like take it one thing at a time as you learn to live like this and really receive God's grace for you when you mess up and when you go into old habits and when you treat yourself and other people like machines. Yeah. Slowing yourself down to be able to appreciate slowness. (laughs) So I got excited about this podcast. They gave me five (laughs) different things. Let me just pick one thing and slowly take that in and then slower and slower and slower. Yeah. Ironically enough, I think this is our like our longest podcast episode to this point. Yeah. If you have had to pause this or speed up this podcast, <laughs> wow. What does that reveal about you? You know? Jake. Calling them out. <laughs> I'll end with this from Dallas Willard. Mm. Hurry is the great enemy of souls in our day. Being busy is mostly a condition of our outer world. It is having many things to do. Being hurried is a problem of the soul. It's being so preoccupied with myself and what myself has to do that I am no longer able to be fully present with God and fully present with you. There is no way a soul can thrive when it is hurried. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. you for listening. We have one more episode to go this season, so make sure to be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, go to our show notes. We have a bunch of resources and books and quotes that we talk about in here. Also, if you have any questions that you want to shoot our way, feel free to email us. Our contact info is in the show notes, and we will see you back next week.